0: Hello, hello, and welcome everyone to Podbean's June Storytelling Podcast Week live panel episode, Stories of Pride. We are so excited to be with you here today. We have an amazing lineup. Our host, Matsu Doppel, is here. I'm going to read our brief intro and then I will hand it off. So get ready, everyone. Welcome back, everyone, to Storytelling Podcast Week and our June Roundtable, Stories of Pride with Nicholas McInerney of Rainbow Dads, Anna Deshawn of The Cube, and Dr. S of the upcoming Behind Closed Doors podcast. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week has live stream sessions like this one with top podcasters and storytellers from scripted fiction and nonfiction podcasts from around, across the world, around the world and our imaginations. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We are a podcast host monetizing platform and home to over 600,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today. And now we'll hand it off to our host of this live stream, Motsi Dottbull of the High Night Podcast. Hello, Motsi. Hello and welcome.
1: Hello. Thank you, Norma. And welcome to everybody. I hope you're all having a good day. <laughs> Yes, it's all right. <laughs> hope it's pretty all right at least um and happy pride oh my gosh do um, you all have any plans for for the month or have had have had like little um, events beforehand
2: I I do um, I'm launching the the second series of rainbow dads on Friday I have That's a exciting. play play reading which is part of the uh, pride festival on on the Sunday and uh, in London we have the main Pride March uh, uh, the following weekend, uh, and I shall be marching on that. So yes, got a few things. That's like awesome. That. Yeah.
1: yeah. How about you, Doctor S, and um, and Anna? Sorry, is it Anna or Anna? Anna?
3: Anna. Anna.
1: Okay, I just want to make sure because you know. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> I um, appreciate you asking. Absolutely, yeah. And any plans, or just like chilling this <laughs> this this week this month.
3: There is no chill in June, so <laughs> it is um, very true. It's go, 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 but in the best possible ways. So grateful for all the opportunities to speak on panels like this one, um, to talk about the work that we're doing and the people we're amplifying and uplifting. So June has just been full of that. If I started naming things, I'd leave someone and I'd feel awful, but it's been jam-packed and just it's looking amazing. to spend more time with family and community during this mm-hmm.
1: time. Yeah, that's
4: yeah. amazing. And Dr. S, how about you? Yeah, I feel the opposite. June has had to be chill for me um, because I mm-hmm. teach, and I teach on the quarter schedule, and so it's been ridiculous. And so I have taken some time in June after graduation to just kind of be with family and, and take it easy before things kind of kick back up. So no no pride things for me. Um, I think I aged out of it a little while ago.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair, but yeah, I'm so glad that you're able to like spend time with family anyway. And yeah, so I will start with the first question, just because um, this is a fun one. Basically, just talk about your podcast, like what's your podcast about, and anything you want to talk about. And this is there's no like specific order, so whoever wants to go first, please let me know.
3: Sure, I can jump in. Happy to do so. Mm-hmm. Go um, ahead. So, so my podcast is called Queer News. And so I report on three queer news stories every single day that are at the intersections of race and sexuality as it pertains to politics, culture, and entertainment. And this is, goodness knows how many podcasts or shows I've had over the years, but this one has been extra special and bringing me a lot of joy because I feel like... The stories that we tell aren't stories that are here that are being told often, and we have the opportunity not to move along in new cycles. We can continue to uplift things and stories that we want to continue to uplift. And so that's bringing me a lot of joy right now. Um, for example, it's like 123 days that Brittany Griner has been wrongfully detained. right? And so this is a story that we continue to amplify on our podcast until, um, until someone brings her home. So it's, it's bringing me a lot of joy. So Queer News is my podcast.
1: Hmm. That's amazing. Um, how about you, uh, Nicholas and Dr. S., who would like to go next?
4: <laughs> uh, I'll jump in then. Um, so the newly uh, formed podcast that I'm co-hosting is called Behind Closed Doors. And I'm an academic, so right now it's behind closed doors and there's a colon. We're still figuring out what what will come after that colon, but there will be something um, to follow. And right now um, we're focused on um, amplifying, um, reflecting, and transforming lives through storytelling and specifically focused on um, Black um, queer and trans folks. and, And this season in particular, Black queer and trans, masculine, masculine of center, men, um, specifically, and really telling stories of, related to religion and substance use and families, um, we're really excited about this podcast and really excited for folks to hear it when
2: it comes out. It'll be on the Cube.
1: <laughs> oh, wonderful! And how about you, Nicholas?
2: Well, I came to podcasting through writing because I'm a writer, and um, I uh, wrote a series um, for the BBC Radio Four called "How to Have a Perfect Marriage." which was about a married man who came out comes out I, I, in midlife and it was very biographical um, and of all of the things that i've written for the bbc for for the radio it was by far the most uh, made by far the most impact in that obviously there was an audience out there of of gay men in marriage um, and it was it fascinating it started a bit of a debate about articles for the British press and um, out of that came a a friend and colleague who said why don't we try and make a podcast Um, and uh, so we started uh, looking for people who might appear on Rainbow Dads Mm -hmm. One and we were very lucky in that we managed to get quite a diverse mix it was obviously very important to have uh, a, a range of people and then when we put that out, um, again, it got a most fantastic response. Um, uh, I won. A, a, I was nominated for a national podcast award. I won a radio community award. Um, other uh, uh, charities in the UK around trans and um, uh, uh, LGBTQ plus um, issues got in touch with us. There was a sense in which we kind of shifted the debate a wee bit. Here's the thing. I don't know whether you know, but um, a very famous um, uh, Olympic uh, athlete called Dame Kelly Holmes, who's in her 50s, uh, came out over the weekend. This is a big story in the UK. A big story in the UK. And uh, I was rung up by a a programme on the BBC called the Today programme, which is our major news programme, and asked if I'd be interested to come in to talk about people coming out in later life. So I've been very lucky. I've become that person that people go to um, to ask for their opinions on on this subject. Now, I'm, obviously, I'm not the only one, but it is interesting that Ra- with Rainbow Dads 2 coming out, I really feel there are a whole new range of stories to tell. And the Rainbow Dads, as a, as a, uh, as a format, is one that we want to take forward and, um, and possibly pass over to Rainbow Mums, for example, for the next series. So I'm hoping that it'll, it'll evolve into something else
1: hmm that sounds wonderful. And yeah, um, we will be showing a clip of Rainbow Does in just a moment, um, just as a quick, even though I am the host, I also just want to quickly um, I'm I'm kind of an outlier in this one because my podcast is a horror podcast. However, we do have a um we do have like a, a queer um cast like in um terms of like characters main characters um we focus a lot on like um BIPOC which is Black Indigenous and POC uh, characters who are also mostly queer. So um, that's kind of why I'm very happy to just chat with everybody here today. It's a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful like community that everyone's forming all across the world in all different like uh, contexts. But yeah, um, we will be showing a clip from Rainbow Dads, and uh, just in a moment, and we will see.
5: We were at a function which starts. At, it's a military function in a mess, which is sort of like a club for for certain mm-hmm. ranks. We're in the corporals' mess. And we'd been drinking since about 6 o'clock in the morning. It's about 7 o'clock in the evening. And rumours had been going around. Perhaps because maybe I was feeling a little freer. Maybe I was this wall of... And you'd be
2: drinking and I'd been drinking for 12 hours.
5: And I've been drinking for 12 hours. But, I mean, leading up to this day <laughs> yes. as well had... And, and somebody actually came and asked me outright and said, yeah. you know, there's been some rumours going around, Smudge. Are you gay? And I thought my drunken state i thought well if he's got the courage to actually ask me outright why what right have i got to deny my brothers the, the, the truth about me and so i said yes i am and he went okay that's cool went back and sat down and i suddenly had this dawning this is it this this is the next yeah. door has now been opened you know what is going to happen next and i sat down at the bar how and does, I was yeah, feeling this really, sort of yeah. fight and flight. What's going to happen next? Is this going to revert back to what it was like at school? Am I going to be accepted? Is there going to be a mixture? I don't know. And I could see people talking around the room and glancing at me. This was this was the rumor mill was spreading. Well, you Switches are now just news, finally so come out, yeah. And two of the biggest, most aggressive individuals in that mess then made a beeline for me. Right, yeah. And I remember gripping my pint glass a little bit tighter grabbing the stool underneath me, making sure my feet could touch the floor in case I needed to start swinging things. And they both walked over and they both stuck out their hands and shook my hands and said, if you've got the balls to come out as gay in the corporal's mess of the infantry, we are right behind you every step of the way. And that was it.
1: Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, so that was a clip from uh, Rainbow Dads, and I. Uh, would you like to say anything about it before we? Well, move a little on? bit
2: of context. That was from my first interview, Alistair Smudge, as his name, who um who had had gone into the army. I mean, I don't know what the history of LGBTQ uh, representation in the American Army is, but I do know in the UK that it was only relatively recently that the, the rules had been changed. And obviously, Alistair gone into the army, it was his life, But he real, and he got married, but he realised he was gay. So this was the, the moment when um, he actually first told some of his colleagues. And of course, their response was so much more generous and tolerant and understanding than he was expecting. Um, so it was a big moment for him, and as it is for, for anyone when they finally declare their truth. Um, and uh, it was um, fascinating. And he's now an advocate for LGBT um, uh, 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 personnel in the army. He's, he's made up part of his career. So uh, what at one point seemed like a real um, uh, immense thing for him to have to come to terms with has, has turned into this wonderful strength
1: That's awesome. And yeah, yeah, I I bet like that definitely took a lot of courage. I agree with the two big men. I know,
5: (laughs) wasn't it brilliant, that description?
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And yeah, so for the next question, um, again, this is for everybody, whoever wants to jump in first. Um, The question is, and I think um, we've kind of touched on it a little bit already, but... Uh, how has um, being queer, being part of the LGBTQ plus community, um, influenced your work specifically? Like um, uh, w- anything you want to share about your experiences and how it has touched your work in um, the podcasting and in general?
4: I'll, I'll jump in here. I think we're going to take turns going first, right? Mm. Um You know, so as a Black queer and trans person, like that, those identities and and many others are kind of central to everything that I do. So I've mentioned that I'm an academic. So all of my academic writing really looks at um, gender and sexuality and identity development and race. Um, And so I'm consistently trying to like queer things up or live in the gray. And I think related to this podcast, part of the reason that we wanted to do this is because as a trans person who had, you know, I transitioned, wow, I think it's been over seven years ago at this point, a lot of the stories that we sort of hear about trans people focus on those early transition moments and like body changes and hormones and surgeries and things. And as someone who's been married 14 years, like I said, transitioned over seven years ago, I wanted to talk about some other things related to queerness and transness um, that we deal with, you know, buying a house, starting a family, um, navigating religion and spirituality. And so, you know, got with a friend. And as we started to talk about the things that we were interested in and the things that we were curious about. We figured other folks would want to hear these stories, too, and other folks would um, sort of need to hear these stories. And so I think just being queer, being trans, like, influenced the topics. It influenced the timing, influenced the people that we wanted to bring on, and it's, you know, just central to how I approach all of my work.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful.
3: And if I can just piggyback and tag team with Dr. S right here. I mean, mm-hmm. so much of what he said is true for me too. And, and my work has been queer since I started doing this work. And when I started the radio station, um, E3 Radio back in 2009, it was to tell the stories of Black queer folks here in Chicago and around the country because our stories weren't being told. And I felt like I wasn't the only one who wanted to hear them, right? And so as that has been a passion project for over a decade and now transitioning that work into the Cube, right? This curated hub of discovery of BIPOC and QTPOC podcasts and music. It's just at the heart of where I'm most passionate. And so my identities and living at the intersections makes up who I am, right? Gives me all these superpowers and also this social location and perspective that many people don't hold. And so if we cannot speak you know, um, for ourselves, who will speak for us? And I think storytelling and oral histories is how we've survived this long. It's how people see our humanity. And so podcasting gives us the opportunity to do that. And so I'm just ecstatic that Behind Closed Doors is gonna be exclusively on the cube. I'm ecstatic that they're my friends and I know these amazing <laughs> humans in the world doing good work. And I think it's amazing that we have the opportunity that technology and communications have come together where we don't have to lean in or wait on mainstream folks to do or to tell our stories or to represent us, that we have the power to represent ourselves. And, and today we can do that. And so I'm just grateful to be fired up about doing that work because it's not easy to be so vulnerable all the time and storytelling is a, is vulnerable. So I'm I'm grateful for that, but it has everything to do with my work. Hmm. That's amazing. That's,
2: that's fascinating because, of course, I can see from your lovely faces that your fresh face and a little bit younger than me. And I can't... <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm 60. So I, you know, my experience of being a sex, being sexually confused young youngster at a, a boarding school in the UK uh, meant that I came from a generation for whom all of these issues that you talk about so beautifully and freely were just so much more problematic so much more problematic so when you asked me how has being a queer creator influenced my work up to the age of 45 I was probably repressing it a great deal Um, you know I got married I've got two wonderful daughters I don't regret any of that for a moment but certainly in terms of my work I wanted to be a writer and yet I wasn't doing what Anna has just talked about, you know, telling my story. I was being very professional and being very good. And I wrote for a lot for television and stage and whatever, but I wasn't writing about what was really coming from inside here. And so it wasn't until I came out and I had, I literally swapped one kind of life for another, which is quite a scary thing to do when you're middle-aged. You know, the divorce and my children's response, and and all of that. But subsequent to that, I think I've kind of grad. I kind of gone from kind of you know baby steps to PhD and queerness <laughs> in a short space of time. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and 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 in all of the intersectional issues that you've talked about, you know, become a lot more. As indeed has I think many people have over the last you know five ten years become very invested and interested in that and what I can learn as well so you know the podcast I mean even when I you know I, I adapted a, a novella by a very, very famous French writer called Colette for radio and that was about um, a, a middle-aged woman a bisexual middle-aged woman in France you know um, and and so the subjects I'm kind of drawn towards are all about exploring that what Dr. Escort, the grey, the wonderful grey, you know, that kind of, that kind of complicated world of, 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 yeah, of of kind of human sexuality and human sexual response. And it's been wonderfully for me, it's been an extraordinary liberation, you know, extraordinary liberation. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, you know, it, it was very scary come out of 45 well it's scary at any time for anybody I appreciate that but you know you you, you can and also when you come out of it, you kind of think this is going to solve everything don't you you think <laughs> I am going to say who I am look at it it's going to be all right from now but actually we're just the same people aren't we with the same problems and issues and whatever it's just that we it's just that we declare our truth and we do it every day and we want to support other people and that's the other thing you want to support other people in doing that mm-hmm. so it's um that has uh, that has has and I, and I'm writing I'm you know I'm finding it a fascinating subject to write about. I hope to find subjects in the future that will also explore that that kind of that kind of intersection.
1: Mm-hmm. These are all I, I love everyone's answers because kind of they they touch on a lot of like things that um, we don't really consider. Um when it comes to the community and when it comes to like representation and everything, um dr. s mentioned just the mund- like the mundane parts of like you know living your truth but also just being like buying a house and like just yeah. all the base like you know all the stuff like how does this feel, and what's the slight differences and what's like the same yes. for like people who aren't like in the community It's a nice look into the life. And I kind of want to relate to that because um, in our podcast, as I mentioned before, it was it is a horror podcast. Um, I enjoy genre fiction. And I think my um, niche in terms of storytelling is that I love just any kind of stories. I just make sure that there's always either Um, a bunch of um, queer characters or all of them are and we kind of just and we see where that goes in terms of storytelling like I enjoy genre fiction wherein most if not all the characters are part of the queer community and that's kind of like it's it's a little bit different from you know talking about like your own life and like your own experiences but I think in that way as well it's like uh, it shows that we all have basically different areas of not expertise, but like things that we love and kind of like we, we we show a little bit of who we are in the things that we love. And I think it's wonderful because like, as you mentioned, Nicholas, um, you have got this um, access to a lot of like very mainstream, um, you know, like... Uh, resources and places yeah. to like tell the story. And um, Anna and Dr. S you have like made your own like um, place in which you can tell these stories and like all around, like it's, this is a very like well-rounded um, group that shows just how much, like where everyone wants to share their story. And I think that's amazing, um, uh, can, yeah. can I just
2: Can yes. I just uh, emphasize, Anna made a point about storytelling. I wrote it down here. I teach creative writing. It's all about telling stories. Um, and pod, uh, the podcasting has allowed for a democratization of storytelling. Uh, and that's the... And it's and it taken it away from the, from the gatekeepers, the traditional gatekeepers. And it's allowed people to tell their own stories. The challenge, of course, is once we've told our stories, is allowing other people access to those stories, finding our audience. Your audience is out there, but sometimes it's difficult to access them. That is the challenge. But what is wonderful is that those stories are being told now, and I think this is probably the first time in the kind of media history that this is that has actually happened.
3: Mm-hmm. And can I, can we just keep going with this conversation because I think oh, this, this, I think this is at the heart of why um, Bing wanted to have this conversation in Pride Month because mm-hmm. that accessibility was just not possible. Right. It was just not possible. And today it is. And so it's really also at the heart of why I wanted to start the cube, because when I look right at Apple and Spotify with hosting three million podcasts and I go into these applications and I don't see myself represented or I don't see the podcast that I listen to represented on the homepage or discovery. Right. I'm wondering where we are. Right. Because today, representation still matters, even though we have the access, representation still matters. And the discovery of podcasts is still very much so a challenge. And so this idea that we can create a hub where people can find and discover some of these amazing podcasts by black, indigenous people of color, while also centering queer, trans people of color content, I think, is long overdue and i'm just grateful to be a steward of this and to see what we can make of this because to nicholas's point (laughs) um there are so many stories to tell right he's teaching creative writing dr s knows um with his students like there's a hunger right i mean the generations today that are after ours they're used to telling stories. Like social media is about a story. <laughs> and and now and now it's just like, how can we hone those skills that they've learned so organically mm-hmm. into the beginning, middle and end of a story and yep. to having some really great equipment <laughs> and hitting publish, yep. right? And sharing that with a lot of people and sharing that with their audience. I mean, I think, gosh, I
1: mean, it's right at our fingertips if we can just hone in on it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to add on that. The wonderful thing about all this is that when you build a community, that's when other people who feel like they don't have quite as much access, like they even though, you know, they can put it online and they can do it themselves. um, Some people are still very um, intimidated by just the size. Like, you know, there's so many um, podcasts. They feel as though their story... uh, won't matter like even though it will and they feel as though like uh nobody wants to hear it even though someone will always want to hear it so the fact that you have the cube and you you have like hubs in which like somebody might see oh people might actually want to hear my story. Let me come, let me go to these people who have already established themselves a little more. I think that's so important, like having a community like online, which I think is amazing. And yeah, um, I do, I'll do. I'll go on to just the next question, but it's kind of, we already kind of touched on it. So I think this is just for, you know, um, Uh, catching up with anything else you want to add on this. And the question basically comes down to um, we all, like, we as, um, you know, queer and BIPOC and, you know, um, creators have different live experiences that aren't always centered. And um, what stories or themes are you excited about sharing that wasn't, like, previously showcased that aren't properly represented in your eyes? Like, what other um, types of stories, what other um, parts of you that you want to see more or represented, more in mainstream and just in general. Mm. Um, does anyone <laughs> uh, does anyone want to
3: like? Um, well, I know. mean, I could. I, I try not to take up too much space, but um, <laughs> please
1: do. Everyone, but, everyone's welcome.
3: Uh, one thing we're doing at the Cube is what we're calling Cube Originals. And, and those podcasts are really at the heart of the stories that I think are missing from, from the canon of podcasts today. So including Behind Closed Doors, which for their first season is centered on male-identified and masculine center identified stories, which I think is incredibly important. I don't think there's enough stories uh, or enough podcasts that focus on uh, men and their experiences and their lived experiences. But there's another podcast that we're creating called Second Sunday that is centering the experiences of black queer folks in the church Mm -hmm. uh, and specifically the church here in the U.S. People just are not ready for this conversation around. uh, And Nicholas, I think you said it liberation. Right. What it means to be liberated from an oppressive system. Right. And and religion in so many ways has harmed queer folks across the board. And so what does it mean to still associate yourself or maybe not associate yourself with a system that you grew up in that you feel it's great connection to that you still in some ways revere, but also has caused you so much incredible harm. And so they're having, they're talking to some the most notable Black LGBTQ theologians, lay people, writers um, on queer issues and religion around the country. And I just can't wait for folks to hear these stories because it's beautiful and you can feel it. Um, And
1: that's a story that we don't talk about enough.
4: Mm -hmm. I agree
1: for sure. And yeah, I come from the Philippines, which is a Catholic, which is a um, majority Catholic country, so I totally understand. Um, I know a lot of people who are very much still Catholic, very religious, but are also part of the queer community and how that like pertains to how they have to how they have to act, but also how they choose to act. And it's a very interesting balance, and it's beautiful in a lot of ways. Like I still go, I, I still like to go to church just for the music. <laughs> you know, and oh I my God. everyone
2: wants to get a church at Christmas to sing some carols, don't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I, all, especially cultural. I mean, I consider myself a cultural Christian. You know, I at my boarding school, I was at church three times a week, and I kind of mm-hmm. admire people who have a faith sometimes. But I think Anna's absolutely right. It's a, such a complex, deeply kind of difficult relationship. Um, uh, and in the black community, I think it must be absolutely fascinating to... Uh, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a podcast I would certainly want to listen to because I do think... Because it, it, interestingly, I've just written a play which is about... Set very, it's set within the kink community, uh, partly within the kink community, and it's somebody dying and his relationship with his black middle-aged nurse. Because I think there's a really interesting re- area between uh, gay men and black women. It's not unproblematic, but I do think it's fascinating. What is that connection? So that's something I would certainly be interested to explore more. Interestingly, I've just produced a podcast for Podbean um, because I think masculinity, somebody mentioned masculinity. Yes, Anna, again. And, of course, you're absolutely right. There needs to be more uh, podcasts by um, about masculinity. And my friend, I have a very good friend, who's written an erotic memoir, which is about... Um, him um uh becoming part of the awful phrase thruple yes <laughs> Triad. Word, thruple. what do you call uh, it yeah. what do you call it i mean i don't know and um he, he's uh he's uh he's not hetero- he's not he's certainly not a um he's a hetero- he's heteronormative i don't it's, it's, some of these phraseology i find difficult but he sent it to publishers now publishers think that it's brilliant but they don't think in the current climate that they can publish a book by a cis man about an erotic memoir Hmm. this is very ironic because actually we actually need more men from that background writing about sex and feelings we actually need more people coming forward with these stories so that the vulnerability that um anna has talked about which is at the heart of this uh can um connect with an audience and Uh, It's very interesting. So, he's he's got a podcast coming out on Podbean called, called excuse me, on Podbean called, (laughs) Can We Write About This?, which I produced. Um, And um, he spoke to some really great uh, writers, a writer called Monique Roffey, who's just won a big prize in the UK, and a woman called Lucy Halliday, who's written about erotic memoirs. It's a fascinating area, really fascinating. So, those are the kind, and also, as speaking as an older person, obviously, I'm interested in that as well. You know that that notion of 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 of, of uh, elders of the community respect. You know, the, you know, you get to a point in your life, you think, "I've got any useful wisdom to pass on to younger people?" Now's the time to to um, to share it. Um, and uh, I would like to explore that more because I do think there's enormous reservoirs of wisdom. Uh, uh, and in queer history, you know, we have got pride coming up, and there's huge controversy over the corporatization of pride in the uk i don't i'm sure you have the, some of the same debates um, and uh, it's um it's a very it's a very you know it's an issue which seems to get generate more heat and light every year but it's certainly the, the, the notion of the elders i'd be really interested to,
4: to yeah discuss. i feel like you all have sort of pulled on the things that i would say too so this el- this point about elders um, you know we we had pre-conversations with folks that we're gonna interview and, and one of our folks is an elder and just like hearing their stories, we're like, we won't, next season, maybe it's all about elders, right? Yes. Black queer elders in the community because some of those stories are getting lost because we're not writing them down, right? And to Anna's point earlier around oral histories, I think that is a way that we preserve some of the, the legacies and and the histories. And so definitely want to tap into the elders. I also am, am thinking about poly, right? So again, one of our guests is someone who identifies as poly and talking about different kinds of relationship structures that are not only all negative. I think we often hear these stories about throuples or yeah. poly relationships. Um, and it's it it gets fetishized. Um, it, it, and it's presented in a, in a a way that doesn't really attend to like the nu- the nuances and like the the love that is can be captured there. And so wanting to to hear more of of those stories. And then I think, you know, the last thing I'll say is this point about moving through. So when Anna was talking about folks' relationships to like the church and to religion, sometimes when we hear those stories it stops at the point of disconnection right it's like Mm. it's it's as if that's the end of the story or when we have coming out stories is as if the coming out is the end of the story and actually that is really just the beginning and so i want more of these like through like what happens after the coming out what happens after the disruption or the disconnection that is healing that is uplifting i want those stories that are about you know, um, families reconnecting or staying connected, right? I want those stories about, you know, finding your way in your church community. So I I think those are a lot of the stories that we're trying to tell and the stories that I'm seeking in my own, you know, podcast um,
2: search, I guess. Uh, Amen to that. Yeah.
1: And yeah, um, it's definitely important because I think a lot of Hollywood and just in general has um, made us think that happy endings are all that matters when honestly, like past the happy ending, there's gonna be a lot going on, not all good. But the continuing of life, I think is a wonderful um, topic to cover in a lot of storytelling these days. And kind of jumping off of that, um, the next question actually uh is very i think important to those listening because it is about like other creators and it is about your experience so what are some of the best practices or advice Um, For other creators to empower them or to center themselves in their storytelling because a lot of people are afraid to do that are afraid to like center their own experiences and their own stories. So what's some advice you can give to make them more proud more you know um, confident that their story matters um, as creators.
4: I'll jump in because I—I'll say a couple things. I'm sure Anna and Nicholas will have some great things to say, but I'm thinking about this book that I once read: "Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway." Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like that is the biggest piece of advice: is that there will be fear. Um, there may not even be confidence, right? Like I write pretty often, and <laughs> rarely am I confident in in the beginning, at least. Um, it takes a few shitty drafts. I don't know if I can say that a few bad drafts um, before I get to a point where I feel more confident, where I feel like, okay, like this, this, this needs to get out. So I think recognizing and and knowing that those are, that's part of the process um, and doing it anyway, I think surrounding yourself with community and folks who will be cheerleaders and like push you on and, and read the drafts and listen to the stories and just help you get at the the heart of what you're trying to say is, is super important. Um, and, and also, I guess the last thing I'll say is like that this is also healing. So even if you never put your story out into the public, but you just get it out onto paper or record it, there's healing in that um for you as the creator um and and then if you decide to put it out into the world there's also healing that other folks can access so Mm. just really thinking about the healing power of stories
2: can i pick up on something that dr s said i had a fantastic quote by goethe that i used to keep above my above my computer i don't know why i'm going to quote it right but he wrote something like boldness has magic in it start it start it now Yes, and there's something about the act which actually starts to give you, you act and then the confidence comes. That's a, lesson, that's a life lesson, isn't it, really? That's so true. Another thing I think is really important, I mean, and I'm talking about the kind of work that I do with my interviews, learn the difference between listening and hearing. We often hear, but do we listen? Because if you listen when you're interviewing somebody, they're gonna say something extraordinary. Or something that they don't even realise is like a little door into a world, yeah. And then you can pick up on that. The other thing I would say, a best practice, is make your pod. Try and make your podcast as prof, sound as professional as you can, because these things may appear superficial, but actually, uh, podcasts is like every, telling every story is a form of seduction. if an audience feels comfortable they give themselves permission to want to listen so music i think music's important a decent microphone they're not expensive yes uh the practice with the interviews like dr s suggested getting people to critique what you say and say to them don't just be my best buddy and say everything's (laughs) bloody marvelous tell me if it's shit. sorry i swore as well but you know what i mean tell me because this honesty is going to help so those are, so. it's a kind of weird mixture, isn't it? It's, it's, it's interviewing skills, it's, profe- it's a professional, because you, uh, these stories deserve to sound as good as any other stories. That's the other thing. Uh, but I think the Goethe thing is fantastic. I tell my students in my writing, I say, there's only really one lesson of writing. It's don't get it right, get it written.
3: Hmm. Because
2: uh. as soon as you do that, as soon as you've done it once, you can do it again. And hmm. that's how you get better. You write through to the good stuff. Again, Dr. S talked about that. It's really important. Don't get it right. Get it written. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's
1: exactly That's awesome. Yeah,
2: I love both of those.
3: I mean, (laughs) I feel everything y'all were saying. I, when people come to me and they talk about wanting to start a podcast, actually the shirt I have on, you can't see the whole thing. It says, change the world, start a podcast. It's um, to be committed, be consistent, be creative and be courageous right like if you can do those four things all at the same time right you start to build this muscle it's just like anything else like if you're trying to get all buff in the gym you got to go back like every day (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes you fall off and then you get back on you know you you know what i'm saying (laughs) but if you go consistently eventually you start to see a little muscle right and it's the same thing with any of these processes like you have to be committed to it And you have to be courageous in all of it. Like, the humanity is really seen in the vulnerable moments. And so don't be afraid to go there. Just do it. Just literally Mm -hmm. go, go there. And (laughs) I love
1: it. You can't just get it done. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I always tell people, like, um when they asked me, like, how, how did you, like, get to this point? I'm like, I just did it, you know? <laughs> like, I just started. But I think, uh, to your point, Anna, it's like um, the other important thing is, like, I always forget the second part, which is I continued it. <laughs> you know, like, starting it is the first big step, and it's a it's an amazing step. And even if, you know, for some people, there are reasons they can't continue things, and that's fine. You did it. That's a big thing but continuing something is also another big step and those those are the two big steps to kind of get to success whether it's really the first time you do it everyone likes it or the fifth time you do it that's when everyone likes it but you have to do it before it gets done so yeah like that's amazing like uh, all of you kind of like Put together the entire that's it's, the whole that's it that's everything it's, it's the
2: second difficult album syndrome everybody can write one album mm-hmm. <laughs> but the real the real test is the second album isn't it <laughs> yeah
4: you know,
2: do you still have mm-hmm. things to say so that's 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 when you've you, you know you've got to put your foot down to the accelerator and really you know focus um mm-hmm. uh,
3: and can i add this piece too that it doesn't have to be i think also another beautiful part about podcast it doesn't have to be season after season after season yeah. so i know people who have 10 seasons of a podcast i think they are amazing okay but i think you can have one season yeah. you can have six to eight episodes and get it all out and guess what you can milk those eight episodes <laughs> for the next two three years if you want right yeah. if it's if it's something if it, if the content is evergreen and, and it will never get old. Right. Um, and oftentimes storytelling is just like that. Um, Dr. S or Nicholas or Masi's story will be the same today as it will be three years from now. Right. It will still have the same impact. As a matter of fact, I'm almost certain this broadcast will still be very relevant <laughs> far past, you know, our live date, you know. And so if you have something to say, don't be overwhelmed with this idea Uh, that you have to do it every day, do it every week, do it every month for eternity. Absolutely not. Do it for a season and see if you want to do it for another season, but just, but you can start, you can start and you can be great at it. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. Can I add something too? I love that, right? It's that one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. I think for me, the other thing is your why. So why are you doing this? Um, (laughs) You know, I, I'm Dr. S because I have a PhD and part of why I got to have a PhD is because I had to remember that why every time it was time to sit down to write that dissertation, every time it was time to write a paper, like I was like, okay, I'm doing this because I want to have an impact. I want to be an educator, right? Like all these reasons. So in your podcast, like, why do you want to do this and write it down and put it somewhere that you can see it and refer to it when it gets hard, when you don't want to do it, when, you know, you're tired um, because that also helps to keep you going. Right. So get started, keep going and, you know, look for that inspiration in in your why.
1: Yeah. I totally agree. And I do want to like, um, since we're kind of like, we, we I, I don't think I will get through everything, but I do want to like build on this part of the um, the question, the, the discussion. And I think we should kind of go into like, what do you think are the biggest challenges? I guess not just like for podcasters and for um, people in the queer community and kind of like put those together. Like, what do you, um, what do you think um, are the biggest challenges you might face and how have you been able to face them in your own experience? Um, so like kind of an advice portion, but also like just for people to know they're not alone. You know, so uh, yeah, if you'd like to jump in, please do.
4: We're all so nice. We're like, you go. I know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you have, go. I'm having
2: a, I'm having a, a, a strangely uncharacteristically thoughtful moment when I was trying to think <laughs> about challenges. Um, I feel as a middle-aged white man in the UK, I probably had fewer challenges than some <laughs> of you other guys have had, if I'm absolutely <laughs> honest, but ageism is an interesting thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it's almost an acceptable prejudice
1: yeah I, so
2: um and you know i i the play that i've just written is about a gay man in dying of cancer in sort of late 60s who is a long-term hiv patient you've never seen well, that on the stage i'm just i'm diverting a little bit here but i just it's just a point i want to make about how s- even within the queer community as you've all quite rightly pointed out there are so many so many stories that we are simply uh, not being uh, shown it is getting better in the uk it is getting better and i mean you know uh, i think in many respects we follow the us actually because i feel that your representation is far better but there was a big show on um shonda show or bridgerton on mm-hmm. netflix yeah and um you know, the whole colorblind casting in the, in the theatre has been been part of theatre culture for a while now. But to see that in a, a kind of a Jane Austen type story still has, still in 2022, has the capacity to make you sit up and think, oh my goodness, this is quite a little moment. Isn't it interesting?
5: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, so, so that's, you know, it's, there's still huge, huge steps to take. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not sure whether he really answered so, the question. I was just trying to. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, challenges are opportunities, right? And there's a lot of them because life is living all the time, right? <laughs> and good. so we're we're building this platform called the Cube, but I do have this podcast, right, called Queer News, which I spoke <laughs> on earlier, and Ooh. it is a challenge for me to to report on things that are balanced to show that yes, there are absolutely some. Awful things happening today in the legislatures across our country when it comes to trans rights. um, When it comes to those who are the most powerful, right, harming those who are the most vulnerable, and and hearing oftentimes silence from the community in communities in which I am a part of, right. So it is incredibly important for me to report on those stories, but it's also important for me to report on the joy yeah right. and so yeah. It's, it's important to report on the things that are also good and i leave people with a word of the day anna's got a word it was a podcast i had a while back i leave people with a word because i need it <laughs> i need the inspiration after some of these stories that i report on and so i think one of the challenges will be is you finding as a new creator finding your voice and finding how you want to tell stories. Um, you know, when I started Queer News, because of my journalism background, I thought I should come on this podcast, report the stories, and walk away. Every day, just report the three stuff I couldn't. <laughs> I could not do it. I had opinions about every single story. And I was like, you have to throw it out the window. Throw out the window any notions you have, any learned ideas you had around what it was supposed to be, and really do what your gut is telling you to do. I overcome the challenges, look at them as opportunities for how and where and when I can show up and just be your most authentic self. Because otherwise I would have had a news show that sounded like every other news show, whether it's on television or on a podcast. So, you know, I think for me, it's about finding balance. It is about providing people something a little bit different. And I think that the most wonderful part about podcasts is that everybody is unique in their own way so don't think that you're doing something that someone else has already done because you are you only Mm -hmm. you can do what you're going to do right and just always
1: remember that Mm -hmm. that's exactly right
4: yeah i think mine is like part logistical part something else but it's about time um you know it never feels like you have enough time to ask all the questions to get the whole story out right um and so i think first of all recognizing Like, if you have a finite amount of time, you're going to get what you get in that time, um, and that will be enough. And the goal is not to do it all, get it all, back to what Anna was sharing about, like, doing 10, 12 seasons of a podcast. It's not about all. It's about enough. It's about sparking something and, you know, finding other ways to pull on that thread or continue those conversations, even if it's not in that podcast space. So I think one thing about time is like, it, it never feels like there's enough time to get all the things that you want and that's okay. The other thing about time is like scheduling. <laughs> I think, again, that's like a logistical thing, but like, that's real. That's one of the challenges of like trying to get, you know, align schedules and get folks on the show and figure out, yeah. you know, when, they, when someone is at their like peak time. And if you're in different time zones, so I think just time in general, um, I've been really interested in and connected to like this idea of time travel and you know afrofuturism so i'm like i'm messing with time all the time anyway um but it does have its challenges in this kind of space i'm i'm
2: constantly amazed and impressed by people like anna who put out is it three stories a week i mean that sounds like you know i'd rather Are you kidding me? I'd rather go and have root canal work without an anesthetic. (laughs) I mean, you know, part of me is like, um, but it it seems to be putting a lot of pressure on yourself. But one of the ways you also talked about how you've editorialised, you come with your opinions. Surely this is the joy of podcasting. You don't have to respect broadcasters' notions of impartiality. If you've got a view (laughs) about something, you damn well let the audience let them have it, you know? Um, And I think that is... Is, is very powerful, but I'm just, I'm unbelievable. Three stories a day, oh my God, that's extraordinary.
3: <laughs> don't worry, Nicholas. I feel the same way often. Okay, and, and, and I also, oh I have to give myself grace when I, when I don't get it, right? So this past, um, this week, this month, right? It's just a busy month. Pride is just yeah. busy, right? And so I'm grateful that people give me grace. So it's all And and given that it's the summer too right So uh, when we talk about Juneteenth and we talk about Father's Day and what does it mean to take Rest right Uh, And rest for my team I don't do this alone and I don't think Any of us do this alone right Mm -hmm. There is support systems there are people Who believe in what we do we continue To show up because people keep listening (laughs) Um, Also Right we get it out of our systems but Then people we're adding value into the world of podcasting and, and into this beautiful canon that is queer content. And and I think that's what keeps us all going because we are making an impact and being intentional about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah good Yeah
1: point. I I completely agree. And I also um just want to touch on like um, I think everyone has. Um, everyone will run into challenges, and I think the challenges will be unique, or sometimes they'll be exactly the same as everyone else. Which is that sometimes the audio will be bad. Sometimes you'll run into a scheduling conflict. Sometimes you know you'll do an entire episode, then it's like gone, and you're like, hmm. <laughs> um, but as somebody who has had to deal with a lot of anxiety for a long time, um, and Uh, A lot of, like, hardships that I think are very unique to just um, being Filipino and just being, like, uh, different things. I think you have to be ready for, like, things to go wrong, but you shouldn't, you know, think that things are going to go wrong. It's kind of like, it's a weird balancing act where um, you you whenever something bad happens, you kind of just understand that it was bound to happen at some point but not everything is going to turn out bad you know and some of the good things are gonna be so good (laughs) like and so it's it's like an interesting like nuance of like there's always gonna be challenges whether it's uh, pushback whether it's uh, logistical whether it's technical But when you are ready to kind of just like put yourself out there, and you're ready to like move forward, this this is very this is so generic. But I do think that it's like important to hear that uh, if you have a setback, that's just part of it. And I think you have to be ready. You have to be like prepared for it, but not think that's the entire thing. Because as you said, Anna, like when you report on these on news, you report on both the joy and the you know the misfortune because that's part of being just in the community being a person i think and i think a lot of people aren't you know set up to know how to handle failure and sometimes there are failures but like that's not the end of everything as you, as we said before like there's still stuff after the failure there's still stuff after the ending so that's just going to keep happening and sometimes the big the good stuff is going to be like 10 times better than what you think is a big failure but yeah, I just wanted to uh, mention that, and also just kind of on since we're on our like last ten minutes, I do want to like get into the fun part, which is what are some podcasts and or shows, anything that you and creators that you're very excited about coming up. Um, just talk about, just gush about your you know people you're excited about. Um, this is this is the moment. Go ahead.
3: Goodness, I could gush all day.
1: Wait,
3: Uh so. There's some amazing creators that I listen to. Um, Afroqueer is a wonderful podcast. People should get into talking about queer folks in the African um, um, continent. And Sally is the host who's absolutely brilliant. Um, then there, I'm also, I love, DJ Tracy Trees, she has a daily podcast called What's the Pod, where she's doing podcast recommendations, always highlighting different genres that you can get into, really helping with discoverability. Um, There's also another one called Q Points, hosted by Jay Ray, who is a black gay man and doing all things music. And that was actually a video podcast. And so he's always highlighting artists and and he tells so many stories. I was like, I didn't know half the stuff about him that I know now. So um, all of those are really, really good. And then I'll also say the Cube original content that we've got coming out Mm -hmm. and it's just going to be brilliant. I really think it is. I'm really proud of what we're doing. So we talked about Second Sunday. You all heard about Behind Closed Doors. We are doing a podcast um, called Polyam Chats Around Non-Monogamous Relationships, um, centering a Black queer triad, which I'm really excited about as well. And um, we're going to have a podcast for podcasters. And I'm just... I'm overwhelmed with all the goodness that I think is out here in the world. And my hope is that folks can really begin uh, to discover it. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I knew you'd have the good stuff, Anna. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know. I just <laughs>
2: know. Oh my goodness.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Would you like to chat about like who you is are? It's fascinating
2: about? because I, I, uh, hearing Anna talk about this, it's like, um, it's like a port. It's like an amazing Wikipedia of kind of of, of, of links and things. Um, uh, I just I suppose I would just come like to come back and plug my friend Tony's podcast, which I worked on earlier this year. Can we write about this? I think it's a really interesting area at the moment to explore uh, erotic writing, erotic memoirs. What does that mean? And and who gets to who gets to write what stories? Really, really fascinating stuff. So th- that's something I would certainly want to plug. <laughs>
4: I've tried to prepare for this, but I go in and out of podcasts. You know, I, I love yeah. them listening, and then I don't listen for a while. But
2: listened to a great one about Ziggy Stardust the other day, but that was from the BBC. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it's and a bit of cultural history. It's fascinating because Bowie was one of the first artists to come out to say he was bisexual, mm-hmm. and the moment on BBC television on Top of the Pops. So this is a UK cultural moment when he sings when he does Ziggy Stardust on Top of the Pops, and he put his arm around Mick Ronson. It's like a key moment in queer history in the UK. It was like the first time that a major artist had done something like that. And I think there's a really, Boy George talks about that being a moment literally that changed his life. And I think there might be a really interesting podcast in picking out those little cultural moments. Mm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it'd be really fascinating to do something. That would be one of them. Mm -hmm. But um, yes, because Ziggy Stardust has got 50 years old. That really ages me. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's anyway sorry i just didn't mean to interrupt but that's no no uh, worries
4: yeah yeah so i i guess you know the one po- podcast that i would plug i'm retweeting all the ones that anna has has referenced yes, exactly. um is a podcast called emergent strategy um adrian Mar- marie brown um queer um black person who, you know, they bring on different guests and, 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 you know, this whole emergent strategy is all about like small is all and inter- interdependence. And I think that those kinds of topics, um, really relate to being queer and how we've been able to survive and thrive in the world. Um, and so I'm, I'm really into that podcast right now, but like I said, I'm kind of in and out, so I don't have other
2: recommendations can I just say please. one thing In Amer- I'm married to America my husband is from Brooklyn and Miami yeah. and we often go to Fort Lauderdale I'm very struck by how the the ability with which you do create communities yes mm-hmm. I mean maybe it's something, to, it's something to do with the huge uh, 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 size of America and the kind of political divisions or whatever but when I hear Anna and when I hear Dr Hess talk about their kind of communities it feels like you are more plugged in to these kind of local issues and concerns. Mm. It's very powerful. In the UK, because London is so monolithic, London, Manchester perhaps has a huge, and Brighton has a huge gay community, queer community. It's much lesser. There is a community, but it's, it's, it's not something that people can access as easily or even perhaps feel as welcome. Because <laughs> there's this, again, another distinction I'm aware of, in america i it's it means it's much friendlier that get a queer community out there than in the uk mm-hmm. very interesting and and what you would and i think podcasting can only help to build that sense of community mm-hmm.
3: yeah martin no,
2: can don't. i plug two more too yeah. oh absolutely you can absolutely. yes please
1: oh.
3: Okay, uh, there is uh, the Sex Kiki, which I think is brilliant. Oh, right. Yes, uh, it's a, is. A, black queer, <laughs> a black queer woman who talks about sex kiki, but also the spiritual aspects of sex yeah. kiki, which I think mm-hmm. is brilliant. And then uh, there's a podcast called Girl Down Podcast, hosted by Aeon, who's a black trans woman who talks mm-hmm. um, about her own experience, but like culture, which I think is brilliant. And then The Cube is also producing an audio drama. And Yay. I think that audio drama is going to be lit. And I'm excited about <laughs> that Ex- experience, Good Jay luck. and Imani. Thank you. Um, I'm glad I you could You know I love P. audio
1: drama.
3: I know. <laughs> and I can't wait to listen to yours. Uh, oh, thank
1: you. Um, yeah, so
3: big ups to Experience Jay and Imani, the writers of that one, who I think it's going to be a brilliant story around race and
1: sexuality and how those things meet around coming out that's awesome and yeah before we end I just want to like recommend just one because I was like oh who am I thinking about and uh, one I'm very excited about is um, it's a audio drama um, it's season two is like funding right now it's called Life with Leo and it's going to sound funny because it's 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 a romance between a lawyer and a, um, a sentient robot and <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because the like, creator is uh, the writer is Octavia Bray it has like basically it centers like um, a black uh, woman creates and like it has like a very even though the main romance is I I would say heterosexual like the entire like mood and the all the characters of the podcast are very queer there's something very um, and there's something like very queer themed even if it's not like out there are certain like media that are queer themed, but not outright queer and I think this one is like very joyful very it's very much in my wheelhouse of genre fiction that may not be about like the representation but like is just like flowing representation mm. and it's just really cute it's just really funny very lighthearted. it's my jam and i'm like oh my gosh season two uh so <laughs> i wanted to talk about that but yeah no it's wonderful to talk with everybody this has been an amazing vibrant uh conversation i hope you all feel the same way and uh yeah thank you so much for like sharing and for discussing everything with me and with everybody a uh, happy pride <laughs>
2: Happy, happy Pride. Pride! It's all been, it's been, it's great. All been fabulous.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, Happy Pride, everyone. This
0: has been such a treat. This has really been such a treat. Thank you so much, Matsi Doppel of the High Night Podcast for hosting Dr. S from Behind Closed Doors, Anna Deshawn of the Cube and Queer Radio, and Nicholas McInerney of Rainbow Dads, amongst many other things. I'm going to read our brief outro, and then we will say goodbye today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this live stream, Stories of Pride with Nicholas McInerney of Rainbow Dads, Anna Deshawn of The Cube, and Dr. S. of the upcoming Behind Closed Doors. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week has live stream sessions just like this one with top podcasters and storytellers from scripted fiction and nonfiction podcasts from across our world and our imaginations. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast. If you joined late or want to have another listen to these amazing podcasters and storytellers, you can replay this live stream on Podbean's YouTube channel and the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and a monetizing platform and home to over 600,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today. Thank you so much for joining us and stay tuned for next month's live panel from Storytelling Podcast Week on July 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern for Campfire Stories with John Ballantyne of Campfire Radio Theater and Jim Harold of Jim Harold's Campfire. Thanks so much, everybody.